This is the reality. Hello again, welcome to The Reality. My name is Dudley Anderson and it's really great to be with you for the next half hour as we talk about the sure reality of Jesus Christ. The Reality is produced by Sure Reality, a listener-supported radio ministry. Please find out more about Sure Reality at the website surereality.net. The Christian Holy Bible contains the inspired Word of God. It is a very precious commodity to any believer, not least of all those in countries where the Bible is banned. In 1981, 20 people smuggled one million Bibles into communist China, reeling from Mao's Cultural Revolution. 2021 marks the 40th anniversary of Project Pearl, the biggest Bible smuggling operation in world history. A million Bibles landed on a secluded beach in China from a specially built semi-submersible barge. It was the night of June 18 that we arrived on the beach. It was the southern naval base of China. We actually wove our way through some naval ships. It, it took us two hours to put them on the beach. The Christians had to hide them. There was a lot of incredible challenges they faced. And yet in that whole two hours, nobody stopped us. Nobody came. Uh, by 11 o'clock at night, we were on our way back to the Philippines with an empty barge and a million Bibles on the beach in China. Now, considering the pivotal moment in the history of Chinese Christianity, the story of Project Pearl is an uplifting tale of stratospheric daring faith and answered prayer. Project Pearl's importance in the recent history of Christianity in China is profound. It was what really fueled the revival and the growth of the house church movement, says Paul Estabrooks of Open Doors International one of the men who planned and carried out this clandestine operation of Project Pearl. Today on The Reality, we speak with Paul Estabrooks. I asked him to tell us about this biggest Bible smuggling operation that the world has ever known. I joined Open Doors after a decade with a Far East Broadcasting Company in Manila, Philippines. So I was based in Manila with, an, with the Asia team headed by a brother named Doug Sutton. And... Uh, we received a request from China through a network of believers there for one million Bibles. Now, this was at a period when things were just opening in China after the death of Mao Zedong. And during that cultural revolution, during the last 10 years of his life, Bibles were destroyed and there were none literally being taken into the country or being produced in the country. There was an incredible shortage of Bibles. And so what we, we uh, trusted the Lord to help us meet this request. It was a request for a million, and they wanted them all at one time, all at one place. We had only been doing suitcase deliveries to that point, and only just a smaller number. Uh, it was uh, an incredible challenge. Our, our, the ministry at that time was probably a, a worldwide budget of about $10 million for the whole ministry. And this project was going to cost uh, close to that. So it was like doubling your expenses in one year and expecting uh, God to provide the resources for that. It was a huge, huge step of faith in, in every way. Um, so the ministry uh, was, uh, went ahead based on a scripture from Jeremiah 33.3, where God said to Jeremiah, Ask of me, and I, uh, I will show you great and wonderful things that you do not know. Uh, we did not know how to do this. How are you going to take 
a million Bibles into mm-hmm. China uh, and, and do that at one time and at one place. It turns out that um, the Bibles we had printed were half a pound each, and so a million of them weighed 232 tons. Uh, that's, that's a <laughs> lot of Bibles. Wow. How, how on earth are we going to do this? Well, wow. as uh, step-by-step, God began directing us, and the, first of all, it was key people. Uh, he brought us a missionary who was in the Philippines who we knew well, who before his conversion had been an old sea captain. And uh, he, he, we, we brought him into our confidence because it was to be a secret project. Uh, and uh, he said, there's only one way you can take that load of a cargo into a, another country uh, clandestinely, and that's by sea. And it turned out that the Christians who asked us for the Bibles were living along the coast of southern China in northern Guangdong province. And there was a beautiful beach that they recommended that we could come to. So the short story is that God led us step by step um, uh, with 20 men selected from Open Doors offices around the world, uh, most of them office workers. So you can imagine how much work the captain had to try and uh, <laughs> whip these boys into shape. <laughs> and, uh, and God provided us a tugboat in Singapore, 100-foot tugboat that was... Um, not quite yet completely built, but very close to it, and enabled us to uh, adapt it to what we needed. An ocean-going tugboat normally has a crew of six people and has that many bunks for sleeping inside. Hmm. We were going to have 20 guys who needed a place to sleep for the days that we were on the sea. Hmm. And so we were able to adapt that tugboat to our needs. At the same time, we had a very special barge built in the Philippines, uh, to hold 232 one-ton blocks, waterproof-wrapped blocks of uh, Chinese Bibles. The tugboat we named after the archangel, Michael, because we needed all the angelic help we could get for this project. Mm-hmm. And uh, the barge we named after the other angel whose name is in the Bible, and that's Gabriel. But barges in the Philippines are feminine, so we called her Gabriella. <laughs> so okay. Michael towed Gabriella. We found Michael in Singapore. We, we made our maiden voyage to the Philippines to pick up the barge, towed the empty barge over to Hong Kong, and uh, the Bibles actually had been printed in the United States. That was the only place we could get them printed that quickly. Um, it was the Nelson Bible Publishers. They had two printing presses running day and night for three weeks uh, to, first of all, print this that many Bibles and then to bind, bind them. Hmm. They were then shipped to San Francisco, where a group of uh, volunteer Christians helped put these boxes, 90 90 Bibles in a box, 45 pounds per box, and they put 48 boxes in a one-ton block, then waterproof wrapped them and put ropes around them so they could be lifted. And uh, 20 containers of those one-ton blocks were then shipped off to Hong Kong, where they were loaded uh, into our barge Gabriella which was exactly the right size for that many uh, Bibles. So the idea was we had little rubber boats, which we let down uh, into the water to tow these. uh, These blocks would float. They actually tested one in San Francisco Bay. uh, And when you threw this this one-ton block into the water, it had six inches of freeboard um, uh, above the, the water surface. And if a man stood on it, 
there were still a couple of inches of freeboard. So we knew that these things would float. And so the, the, um, the project was to get to the beach, I'll, I'll let down the side, the side um, doors on the on the barge, and pull these blocks off of off of the barge. They were tied one to another like slices of bread, and uh, tow them into the shore. And uh, the, then the men on the shore would pull them up, cut open the waterproof wrapping, and then hand the cardboard boxes, daisy chain style, to one another up the beach to vehicles they even had some trucks and things to be able to transport some of these hmm. but of course it was huge a huge huge load so on it was the night of june 18 that we arrived on the beach it was um, a naval base it was the southern naval base of china we actually wove our way through some naval ships but we were a tugboat pulling a barge which was very uh very uh, normal uh, thing in that part of, of the world at that mm. time. And uh, we came to the beach and uh, we had hoped to do this in an hour. It took us two hours and we, it was noisy. I mean, we were making a lot of noise to get these things out there and onto the beach. And yet in that whole two hours, nobody stopped us. Nobody came. Uh, and we, after, uh, by 11 o'clock at night, we were on our way back to the Philippines with an empty barge and a million Bibles on the mm. beach in China. Wow. Uh, wow. It took, it, it took us two hours to put them on the beach. It took it, the Christians mm. had to hide them. There was a lot of, you know, a lot of, uh, incredible challenges they faced when the authorities found out what had happened. So it took them five years to distribute those Bibles one-on-one -on -one to Christians who needed them, and they were they were literally distributed in every province of China except for Tibet, which is of course the province that has the smallest church um, anyway. Mm -hmm. And we've been able to provide Bibles for those Christians uh, through suitcasing methods. But it was really an incredible project. We saw God just do miracle mm -hmm. after miracle after miracle to get each step. Uh, in order to, to do that. It certainly sounds like a, a mammoth miracle, uh, but that's, yeah. you know, that's, uh, that's God's business, isn't it? Miracles. It is, indeed, <laughs> absolutely. So, um, obviously, you know, getting these, these Bibles onto the beach, you just said it took two hours, there was lots of noise. Was there no opposition? Were there no people on the beach, no army or police officers? questioning no no there were none and uh, because it was it was uh it was an ultimate secret the christians there were uh, close to a thousand believers waiting for us uh, and they were hiding in the tree line up behind the up, up the sand into the tree line and we got there at nine o'clock and which it gets dark about six there and so they had uh, some torches, and we we did as well. And we flash. We had some code to signal each other that we were coming, and they signaled us with their lights to, as to where they were. And it was it was that cove where they had uh, recommended that we come. We had one of our colleagues who's Chinese to uh, did all of the uh, intelligence work inside previously, and he was. He was at the helm, actually, at, uh, with the captain at, on the actual arrival point. So we were able to swing that barge around and get it back as close to the beach as possible. 
That's why we picked nine o'clock. It was high tide at nine o'clock at night. Hmm. Nine o'clock is also when most Chinese are eating dinner. They eat dinner quite late in the evening. And we wanted to be there at that time when the Muslim would be distracted. But there were no, there were no authorities. In fact, we left at 11 and uh, there were fishermen that were fishing on the rocks at the side of the cove. And the Christians en- enlisted them to come and help them, come and help, because all they were doing were moving cardboard boxes. You had no idea what was in them. Uh-huh. Uh, there were, you know, a bunch of 45-pound cardboard boxes with, of course, waterproof wrapped around each of those as well. Yeah. And so they moved them up the beach. When when they uh, when it was done, the, these fishermen went into town, and they told the authorities that they had seen some Russian guys come and drop things uh-huh. on a beach out there. <laughs> And because we had decided not to shave until this project was over. And I was involved, for example, I was away from home for six months on this project. And I had a six months of a nice black beard. (laughs) And they thought thought we were Russians by (laughs) the look of us. And uh, we dropped this stuff. Well, the the authorities then, at 3 o'clock in the morning, uh, they sent a patrol out to the beach to see what was going on. Uh, we don't know if they, I don't know if they were military or whether they were PSB, which is a public security bureau. Um, that is like their police system in China. Mm-hmm. Not sure, you know, which group it was, but they came and they, there was nothing on the beach at three in the morning. By this time, they cleaned everything off the beach. Wow. But there were boxes of Bibles still under the trees at the tree line. Right. And they found some of those. And they tried to burn them, but you have to have a huge bonfire to burn books, especially yeah. tightly packed together. So yeah. they they then threw them into the water. They threw individual Bibles into the water. They threw even boxes that, with uh, 90 of those Bibles inside. And uh, they floated around. The tide took them around the, to the river, which is at the city of Santo, which is where this happened. And they floated down the river. There were other fishermen out there, and they saw these things floating by, and they grabbed them, mm-hmm. pulled them in. And uh, we know that because uh, there's a brother who has the distinctive name of Charlie, Chinese name of Charlie. Um, that's obviously a coded name. Mm-hmm. He was a house church leader in the city. He had nothing to do with Project Pearl, but he had a neighbor who was a fisherman. And the, and the neighbor brought him some fish, and it wrapped it in all these little bits of paper. And he looks at the paper, and these are pages of uh, the Bible. Hmm. And so he says to the fisherman, where did you get this paper? And he said, oh, it was floating in the river. I just grabbed a, some boxes. And they, he says, you have boxes of these? Yeah. So they, uh, Charlie bought for 10 cents uh, a volume uh, the, all the Bibles that the fisherman was, that particular fisherman was able to fish out of the water. And so Charlie began distributing these Bibles uh, to Christians that he knew who needed them. And he was so impressed by how hungry they were for God's word that he ultimately became uh, a permanent distributor of scriptures for open doors. And, he, and when I met him six years ago, he says, I've now distributed 400,000 copies of wow. the Bible for the ministry over the years. And it all started with Project Pearl by finding the wet Bibles, they're called, <laughs> in the water. You're listening to The Reality, produced by Sure Reality, a listener-supported radio ministry. 
We depend on the generous gifts of our listener to produce this program. You can help reach millions of folks with the sure reality of the message of Jesus by becoming a Sure Reality Vision Partner. To partner with us, please visit the website surereality.net and click on Become a Vision Partner. If you've just joined us, thank you so much. My name's Dudley Anderson. You're listening to The Reality, a half-hour talk show talking about the sure reality of real life as found in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. If you'd like to know more or make contact with me, please feel free to drop me an email, dudley at surereality.net. The Holy Bible contains the Word of God as inspired by God's Holy Spirit. There are countries around the world where Christianity is rejected and the Bible is banned. During the late 20th century, communist China was one such country. On The Reality Today, we're listening to the story of Project Pearl, where one million Bibles were smuggled into China in 1981. Matthew chapter 13, 45-46 says, And again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all he had and bought it. This man was sold out for one pearl of great worth. Listening to the story of Project Pearl, I'm encouraged to be like these Chinese Christians who suffer for their faith, sold out for Jesus. Let's pick up our chat once again with Paul Estabrooks from Open Doors International, today on The Reality. I asked Paul to tell us why the project was called Project Pearl. Let me just give you a quick explanation and you'll understand why we picked Project Pearl. It was the scripture you just referenced. And uh, I mentioned we had a Chinese brother on our team. Uh, he was a Filipino Chinese, spoke Mandarin fluently. He did all the uh, coordinating of this project inside the country. Hmm. And I was assigned to do all the coordinating of this project outside the country of China. And so his name was Joseph. And uh, Joseph went in and he met with five house church leaders. And he said, I have like a list of 40 questions here my colleagues have made for me to ask you guys. Hmm. Let me start with the first two. Do you know how many Bibles, a million Bibles are. I mean, they're going to weigh more than 200 tons. You've got to have a, um, a space like the size of a gymnasium to store them if you're going to store them all at once. Mm. Uh, and, uh, and they said, Joseph, don't worry about it. We know exactly how much it's going to be. We're worried about you guys. Don't worry about us. We, we have it all figured out. Mm. So then he said, second question, do you know what could happen to you if you're discovered with even a portion of this many Bibles from outside the country, which was technically illegal. And, uh, and one of those five men stood up and Joseph said, he looked like he was about to preach a sermon to him. And he said, Joseph, mm. all five of us men have been in prison for our faith in Jesus. Mm. And we are willing to die mm. if a million brothers and sisters can have a copy of God's word. Wow. And when Joseph came back to tell us that, he said, I couldn't ask him any more questions. And he had tears rolling down his face. He said, you know, these guys are willing to die for Jesus. these million Bibles. So yeah. what are we willing to do? And so they, it became the pearl of great price. Praise God. Amazing, amazing. Being sold mm. out, indeed, sold out. I always say that uh, I desire to be sold out for Jesus. If anybody comes to my stall, they must find nothing of me. They must find Jesus, Jesus Amen. alone. Now, Paul, you yeah. obviously were motivated uh, to be involved in this organization, this project. 
by Christ, by Jesus himself. How did you find the reality of Jesus for yourself? Well, amazing. I mean, I, I had been uh, working and broadcasting with FEBC all through the decade of the uh, 70s. And in uh, 1977, right at, just after Mao Zedong had died, I had a chance to go to China with a Canadian friendship tour. Our a prime minister at the time, uh, Pierre Trudeau, the father of our current prime minister, he had established diplomatic relations with China and they were setting up friendship tours. And uh, they had people from different provinces of our country and different kinds of um, uh, employment or occupations. There was one spot for a broadcaster slash journalist. Now, the guy choosing people was a Christian who knew me. I was living in Manila at FEBC, hmm. and he uh, telex me. In those days, we used telex. Uh, yeah. my kid, I, it takes me a long time to explain to my kids what, what that was. <laughs> <laughs> Don't but, you mean email, Dad? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <No>. yeah. <laughs> and told me about the opportunity, and I said, I don't even have to pray about this. Yes, because I, we had, you know, we were doing um, 18 hours a day of Chinese programming by shortwave from Manila into China, hmm. and then on a huge AM, 250,000 water out of uh, South Korea blasting into the, onto the coast of China on the AM band. Wow. And um, we had not, not even any... Um, a validation that they could hear these programs that, that the engineers said oh there's no reason why they couldn't i mean it's everything's working right but i was able to go then and for three weeks and travel through china monitoring our radio signals and uh, uh, as they were coming in and it was just it was really quite exciting well at the last day we we're in beijing leaving and this lady walks into our hotel and a very lovely smile. She was probably about 70 years old. And uh, she introduced herself as Auntie Esther in English. She spoke perfect English. She was a medical doctor mm -hmm. who was just retiring. She told her story, which was incredible, about how she had suffered during the Cultural Revolution. They, they, she was the head of the pediatric ward of the hospital. And they made her... Um, clean the toilets and clean the floors in, in the ho hospital because she would not deny her faith in Jesus. Mm -hmm. uh, instead of being, you know, in the, running a hospital, she was also a surgeon as well as a pediatric doctor. So she's, she came in and she said, um, is there are any of them, any of you Christians? She's, in, you know, we're all in the lobby of the hotel. And they said, oh, go talk to Paul over there. He's a Christian. And so she came over and uh, introduced herself, told me her story, and said, um, uh, do you have any Chinese Bibles? And I said, hey, I'm a radio guy. I, uh, you know, I, 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 I have one Bible with me, which is my English Bible. Hmm. And she says, well, uh, the, our problem is we are leading people to the Lord every single day practically right now, and we have wow. nothing to give them uh, to help them in their, in their walk with Jesus. And we're, and we're desperate for them. So will you promise me that the next time you come, you'll bring me some Chinese Bibles? And I said, well, it's a miracle that I'm here this time. I mean, how, how many? there were no tourists in China in those days. And, I, and it was very easy to say, okay, yeah, if I, ever, if I ever come back to China, I'll bring you some Bibles. Well, three years later, I, I was able to go back again 
And I said, oh, my goodness, I promised Auntie Esther I'd bring her some Bibles. So I went to Open Doors. I mean, I was still with FEBC. I went to Open Doors. They had the office there in Manila. And uh, and I said, you, you must have some, you know, suitcases with, like, secret compartments in them or something, right? And they said, oh, no, 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 no. You don't do that. You just put the Bibles in your own suitcase and you pray. whoa that's not what i want to hear (laughs) (laughs) and they gave me 50 small new testaments uh 50 and i'm going like 50 i'm gonna put all these in one suitcase yeah that's that's what you do well i uh i tell you my knees were having close fellowship as i went through (laughs) customs on, on on that trip but the Lord enabled me to get through with them. I was shocked and, and delivered from Auntie, Auntie Esther. Yeah. And she and she said to me something I never forgot. She said, I keep these in a box uh, hidden under my bed mm-hmm. in her little house. And she said, please tell your friends about our need and please don't let my box go empty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she said, I, she was just amazing. And over the years, uh, she, that lady, and uh, she lived to 99, so she had 29 years in retirement where she spent every day just telling people about Jesus in whatever way she could. Um, you know, you couldn't do it publicly, but she would go on the bus and she'd get a seat and she'd open her New Testament and she would start reading it uh, out loud uh, wow. to people. And and if if anybody showed any special interest, she had a little slip of paper she handed them, and it said, if you'd like to know more about what I'm reading, come to my house at such and such an address, and I'll tell you more. Well, she had people apparently coming to her door constantly, and she was leading people to the, to the Lord, in, in, you know, left and right. And <laughs> she said, one day a policeman came because he wanted to know, why are all these people tracking down the street and coming to your house? Hmm. And, she, and she said, I felt a little nervous, but I said, well, come on in and have some tea. And I'll tell you, <laughs> and, uh, she she led that policeman to faith in Jeez. the Lord. Wow! So it was just so. Praise I mean, God. that's um, Jesus is so real to these believers in in China mm-hmm. that it made me realize that you know my my commitment is nothing compared to theirs. And so that was that was what really um, uh, gave me some desire to work with open doors and help those kind of Christians. Mm-hmm. And that I was able to do that for 38 years. Wow. One last question, Paul, our time is nearly up. What about, yeah. what about today? Uh, you know, China did open up to Christianity. However, sadly, there has been a recent crackdown on general faith groups of faith in, in China, no least of all Christianity. So how available is the Bible today in China? Well, it's much more available than it was in 1981, I'll tell you. In fact, you know, one of our goals was to uh, uh, put a little pressure on China to publish Bibles inside the country, and they've done that since 1987 Good. Uh, with the Amity Press. Now, many of those Bibles are for other countries. It's not, you know, it's still not very, you cannot buy a Bible, for example, in a, even in a Christian bookstore in China today. You have to go to the government-approved church uh, so they are available, um, but if you needed a quantity of them, you would have a little, still a little bit of challenge on that. 
Well, Paul, has been absolutely marvellous speaking with you today. There's so much we could talk about, but our time is up. Thank you so much. I pray that God will continue to bless you and your work with Open Doors and that we can reach out and continue to pray for people like this across the world, not only in China, who are suffering for their faith. Thank you for joining us. Down the reality, we've been speaking with Paul Esterbrooks from Open Doors International, sharing the incredible story of Project Pearl, smuggling a million Bibles into communist China 40 years ago. Indeed, Christians around the world desperate for the word of God in countries like that where they are suffering for their faith. If you'd like to know more about this work, please visit the website opendoors.org. Reality is produced by listener-supported radio ministry, Sure Reality. Find out more at our website, surereality.net, or drop me an email, dudley at surereality.net. Till next time, keep your eyes on Jesus. God bless. God bless.